We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021, Week 4, Waiver Wire Early, pick up some injuries, the NFL recap for Week 3, and other things of that nature, football related. And I'll have my waiver wire column up on dknation.com early on Monday morning. Once I have more information, in full disclosure, we record this during the Sunday night football game, so we don't have all of the information on the injuries or what's going to happen in this game because we're not from the future. If I was from the future, I wouldn't be doing the show. I would just be betting the games and being rich. So as you can tell by my track record this week in the betting, I am not from the future, not even close to it. I'm somehow from the past with bad information. I didn't even know that could be possible, but that's where we're going with this right now. So smash the like button to the episode in the description. Give me your favorite waiver wire pickup going into week four. It's probably Chuba Hubbard. We'll see about that. Remember to subscribe to Mayo Media Network. And for Monday Night Football, you can check out Griff Swanson's DraftKings Picks, which is up there right now. And you can find that on the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets audio feed. If you want to go do that, get in your bets, get in your DraftKings showdown lineups. Or if you want to play on prize picks and want some free money, uh, there's a new code just for the special promo. It's code MMNNFL. So go to prizepicks.com, use code MMNNFL. If you do that and Dak completes one pass or more on Monday Night Football, you will just be gifted. and that will get you a match deposit up to $100 as well. So the move, you have to play a Monday Night Football lineup, though, like a a two-play prize pick. So the move is deposit $25. They will match you $25, play a $25 entry, then you unlock the free $25. You have a free $50 and a $25 entry. If you play the two, you get three times your money. You could win $75. It's a great way to build a bankroll if you were ever thinking about doing that. So prizepicks.com, MMNNFL, to check that out. The DraftKings listener. League will probably be out for 
Tuesday show with Jake Seeley. You want to get your spot because those 3,000 spots go very quickly. Chris Meany is on the line with me from FTNDaily.com and FTNBets.com, host of Mean Streets. I wanted to start off on a somber note, though. Um, One of us, one of our guys, Mike Taglieri, passed away this weekend, and it was shocking news. Uh, I know we all knew that he was not in great health. He'd been on a ventilator for a while with COVID-19. And, you know, I want to send my condolences to his family out there. I know a lot of people out there are just feeling just awful about it. It, it sucks because, like, whenever you think about these things, it's always the people that people like the most that this happens to. And Mike was one of not only the most respected people in the space for his, you know, fantasy football acumen, the way that he wrote his breakdowns, but he was just a really good guy. And, that's you know he just you see his you see the family and you know he had two kids a lovely wife and i don't know man it's it's a real punch to the gut i i just assumed things were going to work out well and obviously it didn't and mike was one of the few people out there and there are good people in this industry all around it's a very tight-knit community but it didn't matter who you were you could be the biggest name. You could be someone just trying to break into the space. Mike was one of the few people who actually had time for people and really put an effort to try to help them. And uh, most people don't do that. And so because of that, uh, Mike was just a, a different cat like that. And he's going to be greatly missed, Chris. Yeah, he is, Pat. Um, I, I've been, I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it for the past, you know, 24, 48 hours. Uh, my heart goes out to his entire family, Tabby. Um, you know, all the best to her and, you know, two kids leaves behind a great wife and two kids. Yeah. He was a loving father and a, and a loving husband. And he was a stud in this industry. And I, you know, you nailed it. He was such a great guy. I remember my first time, you know, quote unquote, meeting him working with you at FNTSY and, and had him on a segment and man, you could just tell how driven he was, how passionate he was. And he was so on point with his takes, but most of all, he was just such a great dude. I mean, he reached out to me after, thanked me for the opportunity. I said, you kidding me, man? Like, I'd love to have you back. And we made it a regular thing here and there. And I, I, I was fortunate to, you know, chat to him a little bit in, in the summer, a, a couple segments with him over at fantasy pros and just talking off air, just about life. And, you know, uh, he had just purchased like a, purchased like a John Deere tractor. I'd done the same out East and you were talking about our Sundays, how different they would be until football rolled around. And yeah, my heart just breaks, man. He's uh, such a great guy and he has opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people in the industry and such a inspiration and, you know, going to be going to continue to be an inspiration for a lot of people. Uh, so yeah, it is really, really tough. Um, just my thoughts and everything goes out to his family and, you know, you could, Right now on Fantasy Pros, I saw them tweet out yesterday, like a GoFundMe page. If you have the opportunity to help out, um, you know, I if you can, uh, obviously not forcing anyone to do that, but, it, you know, obviously for a good cause to help out the family and, and whatnot. But yeah, Mike is is one of the best in your right, Pat. He will be greatly missed. Yeah, Fantasy Pros, I believe, is matching, I think, up to $100,000 of the GoFundMe account. You can find that on my Twitter page as well, at the PME. I put out the link and... I know, it's just uh, as someone who's in a very similar position to him in life, it just it, you look at it and you're just like, oh man. Um, and so you'll be greatly missed, Tags. Uh, well, I hope you're in a better place now, and you're just watching down. You got to enjoy a football Sunday, which pretty much kicked all of our asses. I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's a weird week. Um, I, I mean, 
I don't really know, even know what to say from the week that was. It was, I mean, the Baltimore game, the Baltimore-Detroit game, that one stands out to me as a, as a strange game. I thought, you know, Baltimore just runs all over teams. It's what they've done for years, and they kind of abandoned the run, and they could have really put up 50-plus points in that game. Marquise Brown dropped a couple couple balls but it was a strange week and yeah hopefully uh tags you you got to sit back and you watch some watch some football buddy and we will certainly miss you but yeah man it's week three is strange and here we are after three weeks pat i mean sunday night football is going on we got one more game tomorrow but the raiders are three and oh <laughs> and the broncos are three and oh and the chiefs are last in that division who would have thought which team do you believe in more as a real team, the Raiders or the Broncos? Because the Broncos are impossible to figure out because they've played maybe three of the five worst teams in football to start the year that, you know, when they go up against the Chiefs or hell, even if you put them up against the Raiders next week, I know they're not playing the Raiders next week. Like, who is, if you put that game on a neutral site field, who is the favorite in that game? Because I personally think the Broncos are better, but maybe it's just I, I'm not believing enough in the Raiders. Uh, fortunately, every myself and basically everyone I know who's good at football betting all had a piece of Miami plus four, Miami plus four and a half, Miami plus three and a half, whatever it was. And it just that watching that game. And knowing like you have the plus three, you have the plus three and a half. Then they come back and they score the touchdown. They get there and you're like, oh man, I really hope they miss this too when the game ends. Like I, I was rooting for you to get this score like for the past 15 minutes, but now I need you to not get this two point conversion. They get the two point conversion. They go down by three and then all of a sudden they're fourth and two in overtime and they take potentially the coward, the one of the most cowardly calls I have seen in a really long time was trying to was kicking that field goal to tie the game a 50 yard field goal to tie a game in overtime leaving your opponent two minutes and 30 seconds to go kick their own field goal to beat you anyway why aren't you going for that like hey it's a tough field goal anyway at at, at 50 yards but knowing that you're just going to give the ball back and you have a chance to win this game it's two you can't get two yards come on we just saw you put together two big drives (laughs) <laughs> I know that's absolutely strange. There are a lot of crazy plays. I mean, the the Chargers and Chiefs game. My goodness, like have fun with Feinberg on that. The the roller coaster of emotions. I'm sure he had with with Staley and the and the play calling. But you know, I I do believe in the Broncos because what I mean over the past couple years, it's just been such poor quarterback play, right? With with Drew Lock and the turnovers that we've always kind of felt like their defense is solid. And that they only needed to score X amount of points and going into mile high is a tough place for anybody to play. We've seen that. We've even seen teams like the Chiefs struggle there. So I think I believe in them a little bit more because they certainly are sound on defense. But you're right. Like, who have they played? And Teddy Bridgewater entering the game had a 77% completion rate, which is totally unsustainable. But they do have a solid one-two punch on the ground where, you know, they could slow the pace down and rely on their defense. And what we know about Teddy is, yeah, he's doing some things from a fantasy standpoint that maybe is surprising some people, especially with Jerry Judy sideline is that he is a game manager. And he's, when he was with the saints, he won football games with them, not doing a whole lot. And he was able to win some football games last year with Carolina as well. He doesn't have to do a whole lot throw the ball a ton to, to be good. But I also am a believer in this Raiders team. I don't think they have the personnel on defense to compete in the division, despite them being up at the top, but they beat the chiefs last year. They almost beat them twice. They can score points and they're throwing the football a lot more than I remember them. especially from a John Gruden offense, Derek Carr here, another 43 attempts and 386 yards today. So that's 364 yards per game over his last seven completed games. 
He leads the NFL in yards and passing attempts. I don't know, man. Like he's got an elite guy in air uh, in uh, Darren Waller that we all, we all like Hunter Renfro is certainly reliable. He's, he's kind of like a Cole Beasley in the slot. It's like five grabs in each of his first three games, at least 50 yards. Ruggs has taken the step forward. Edwards has taken the step forward. It's a good division. I, I believe in Denver a little bit more, but Vegas can, they can hang. They can score points. And Derek Carr's playing really good football. He was. And I, the one thing I was actually happy about that I was able to get right this week was Hunter Renfro having a big game in this game. And Ruggs actually played a whole lot better than I thought. And Brian Edwards, just get the guy to overtime. And he's like the best receiver in the NFL. Before <laughs> right? that, yeah. not so great. But to attack Miami, just attack them down the seams of the field. Over the middle, down the seams, that's going to work almost every single time. And when you have the legendary Peyton Barber in the backfield, like it, you know, it's an impossible offense to stop. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, who would have thought? Last week, he got double-digit carries. And it's the first thing that Gruden said, too. And you laugh at I, I mean, I laugh at Gruden. He loves everybody. Absolutely. I mean, find a player that he doesn't like. I would love to hear who that guy is. But – and last week when they said Jacobs wasn't going to play in the first, the, the report, the reporter says, well, Kenyon Drake, like the first thing, Kenyon Drake, oh, Drake should be in for, well, I don't know. I really like this Peyton Berber guy, he says. And I think we may have to give him some more touches. Last week he got the touches and he wasn't efficient, but today he ran hard, man. He had over a hundred yards. He had a couple targets. He caught a couple passes. Uh, they're running a lot of plays. I don't, I don't know. Gus Bradley has given them an identity on defense, which has given them a bit of a spark. They've, they played two solid teams. I mean, how good are the Steelers? Probably not that good, but they went into Pittsburgh and beat them and they beat Baltimore. And I was tricked by the line because I do believe in the Raiders. I thought that they would cover uh, a lot of people, smart, smarter people than me, uh, Elliot, we did a betting show and he's like, no, it's, it's a trap. It's it, Las Vegas feeling themselves. They're going back home now. Now Miami will, will hang around. I mean, they, they got into the game late and good on Jacoby Brissett. I, I feel like that was still a bad beat for those who are on the Raiders, but man, it's, it's a good division and it's certainly on the rise. I would never would have thought the chiefs would be as much as I was on the chargers today, but as much as I was on them, I still never thought in my head that the chiefs would be one and two. <laughs> I appreciated it was, there were some just really bizarre things that happened in the chiefs chargers game. One was all the Mahomes picks. Do you think it's a coincidence that on the spread pick show, Tim compared zoomer, Zach, Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> And now, all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes is throwing picks at a Zoomer Zach type rate. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he did jinx him. Today was totally uncharacteristic. I mean, CEH puts the ball on the ground last week. He puts it on the ground again. But this is something he never did at LSU. And the Tyreek Hill has that fumble. Then Mahomes throws a couple picks. And that second pick that he had, he just, like, tossed it up. It just seemed like he was doing too much. And, I you know, the game was on the line. And, you, you know, you want to march down the field and score. But he overthrew Kelsey by a long shot. And good on the Chargers, man. The Chargers are – it's nice to see them win that kind of game, right? You know this. You've been talking to Jeff Feinberg. Yeah, but, but, but they, they, but they tried to Chargers it. They, I don't, what, they did, what, yes. What were they – because they, they pulled the ultimate – not like they – Daily is – So they – Ludicrous. They go for it on the fourth and four, false start. So it's a fourth and nine. They get the fourth and nine. It's like, oh, wow, here we go. They're going to be in field goal range. They can bring down the clock to nothing. It's like, no, let's go for a touchdown here. Allow Kansas City to get the ball back, and we're going to miss the extra point just for kicks. <laughs> I, I looked at it, I was like, yeah, oh, my like God, Feinberg's going to have a fucking meltdown. <laughs> and, and I was thinking about him the entire time because I was having a meltdown myself being on the Chargers and just like, what the hell is going on here? Rookie coach. 
And we've saw the first couple of weeks, a lot of plays run in the red zone, I think more than anybody, but just not converting a lot of offensive penalties, some, some guys in motion that shouldn't be in motion, just like stupid nonsense penalties that we've seen. So that we've seen so many times with the chargers, forget the kickers missing kicks. Like that is just, it happens all the time with this team, but those penalties where you're like, why is this happening again to this team? And then I was thinking, Oh my God, like he got away with this. Like at the end of the day, he made look smart for thinking that, oh, well, I didn't trust my kicker. I mean, you just saw he missed the extra point. I can't trust the kicker. You're going to see Mike Williams there one on one. We're going to take that every time and we'll just throw that fade over to Williams and he's going to get that touchdown. But you're right, he left a lot of time on the clock for Mahomes, escaped, I think, because if they lose that game, that may be like the whole nail in the coffin for Feinberg and everybody in Chargers Nation saying, what the heck just happened? How did we lose that game? Oh man, they they found a way, and and maybe this is the one that gets them over the hump. But a lot of just weird. I've, I've seen a lot of nonsense from rookie coaches so far, and I guess that's expected. It's, they'll they'll have to go through the pains, the, the I, learning curves. I suppose. I, I appreciated it because I assumed that Staley played the same DraftKings lineup that I did that had Herbert and Mike Williams <laughs> in it, and it's the reason I yeah. won money this week was those extra. I think it ended up being the catch, the touchdown, seven. Passing touchdown is another four. It was like 12 or so points just from that one play. And I ended up, you know, leaping up levels by probably like five, six, seven points. That ends up turning out well from that spot. So uh, I, I thank you, Coach Staley. For, <laughs> and and for- listen, Herbert is now what, two and one against the Chiefs? And, and his one loss came in his very first start in overtime. It was, uh, he just kind of thrown into that game. I think it was in KC. Um, hey, Charger Mike Williams season two. I mean, the offensive line looks great. The Chargers look real good. This past year has taught us to savor every moment together, spend less time prepping and cooking, and more time with the people you love with the help of DoorDash. Get what you want to eat right now and right to your door with DoorDash. Along with the restaurants you love, you can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. Craving late-night ice cream? Forget that one key ingredient for dinner? Or maybe you just need to stock up for the week. With DoorDash, get everything in one app. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. Ordering's easy, and your items will be left safely outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop-off. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code MAYO. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code MAYO. That's M-A-Y-O, by the way. Don't forget, that's code MAYO for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change. Terms apply. Kansas City Chiefs. You starting to get worried or is this still like a relax type situation right now? Because I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, I mean, the defense hasn't played well. The defense hasn't they, played good they play, at all. They, they played Heading, better today. They did. They played better today, but um, they've, they've been really – I guess they had a – Baltimore's a good team. They could score some points. Chargers are a good team. I'm not, I'm not overly worried. I'm not. Like, CEH, I needed to see something from him today, and I did, despite the fumble. I saw it. And the Chargers were giving up a, big, a lot of big runs, um, you know, in the first couple of weeks, and they gave up a couple big ones as well. But I'd like to see – 
they're going to have to try to get a little bit more creative, I think, with Tyreek Hill. I mean, if anyone was willing to sell him, obviously you buy, but that's a couple of straight weeks now. Baltimore just doubled him and said, you know what, fine, beat us with Pringle and beat us with Hardman. It's going to be really tough to take away Kelsey at, at any moment. Kelsey's always going to get his. But again, Tyreek is pretty quiet against the second straight week. He was quiet. I'm not worried about them. It is a new offensive line. Maybe that is, you know, maybe it takes some time for these guys to gel. It's pretty much revamped from you know left to right. But the defense, the defense is not great. But we just haven't for I think for the past couple of years, Pat, it hasn't been great. But they just score so many points. It's just like whatever. Like they score 35, 40. Like you have to score 30 plus to beat this team. I'm not overly worried about them, but they they do need to get going. Like they'll have to win that next game against the Chargers. Oh, yeah, most definitely. They're going to have to start reeling <laughs> off wins here pretty soon. But it's the turnovers that have really been killing them because they barely lose these games. And you just don't expect Mahomes to throw. Like, the interception that he had, the second one, like, the first one wasn't really on him, and it was a great play by Asante Samuel. The second one, oh, though, yeah. was like, he was just like, eh, I'll lob it up. <laughs> like, that was it. It was, it was an it. awful throw. It was horrible. I, like, I've, you rarely see throws that bad from him. That's why I'm worried that he's Andercurse now. <laughs> you know he might be I, they're so used to winning a little bit of adversity I, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back but i don't know they have they have so many pieces on offense but you're right ultimately it's taking care of the football you, it's uncharacteristic things like mahomes and and the couple you know fumbles from ceh and then and then hill puts that ball on the ground as well and i think he even did he fumble the week before he may have uh, it was the same thing that cost him against the ravens just even before that ceh fumble just some you know, costly turnovers and mistakes. I think, I think they'll figure it out, but we'll see now because they're one and two, right. Which is so rare, but it's still a long season and they're going to, their schedule gets much easier. So Atlanta beats the giants 17 to 14 because the giants, but these are two horrendous teams. I I was, this was not one of the, like the main focuses that I had in the early slate of games. I kept scrolling down. I was like, are they not throwing to Kyle Pitts? Is Kyle Pitts hurt? What's going on here? And then eventually, I like well, he actually should have had a touchdown. And there was a penalty on the play, but he ended up with two catches in the game. It just—it's really like Lee Smith ends up with a touchdown. Former Bills third-string tight end legend Lee Smith, not the closer, the, the old like the third—he's the third-string tight end on the Falcons. So those are two bad teams. But then you have Cincy, and they beat up on Pittsburgh. Is Cincinnati good or both those bad teams? I think Cincinnati's good. Yeah, I think their de- their defense is better. They're playing better. I think they have a pretty soft matchup coming. I got them written down here as a streamer, potentially for their defense. Who do they have this week? Oh, they play um, Monday, They play Thursday night against the, uh, they, they, the Jags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their, their defense is good. They're getting some pressure. They get double digit sacks here through three weeks. So 10 sacks and three interceptions, but Pittsburgh's bad too, man. They're awful. And we, we just talked about the Raiders and Gus Bradley and the, and the defense and giving them a bit of identity, but there's still a lot of holes in, in that secondary and big Ben didn't look good in that game against the Raiders at home. And he didn't look good today. He looked awful. And did you see the fourth down play? That's like a swing pass to Naeem to Harris. Like, guys, you're down two scores with a couple minutes left. It's fourth and 10, and they threw it a wheel pass to Najee Harris. Like, unbelievable. I I don't know, man. Like, Juju's hurt now, too. Claypool's value is kind of just – it's not there if he's not going to get these deep threats. Like, there's a couple targets he had down the field today, but Ben underthrew him. The line is trash. Najee was a great day because he caught a ton of balls. But he has zero success running the football behind that offensive line. And it's not even on him. Like, he's a really good running back. They just, it's two straight years now. They haven't been able to run the football. I think Pittsburgh's bad. But I think Cincinnati is, 
I think they're a good. I think they're a decent team. They're on the rise. Like we like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is nice. They got a bit of a balanced attack. Joe Mixon looks good. Jamar Chase just set an NFL record four touchdowns in the first three games as a rookie. They did it today without T Higgins in Pittsburgh a team. They never, ever beat. And they beat him pretty easily. They did. And like, I mean, it was nice to see Najee have 19 targets and 14 catches <laughs> in the game. I, I guess Ray Ray McLeod wasn't cutting it, uh, filling in or James Washington at that point. But just Ben looks so bad. Like he's he threw, he ended up throwing for over 300 yards. And I don't, I'd be very curious to see, cause this information won't be available till Monday or Tuesday, but I want to see what his, what his air yards were per attempt. Cause it felt like it was just dinking and dunking the entire way down the field. And most of that yardage came like legit when they were down by 20 points. That's, but that's classic Ben, right? At the end of the year, you always see, oh, he's among the leaders in passing attempts, and he has another 4,000-yard season. And this year, he had on another game. People have talked about 4,500 yards. Can he flirt with 5,000? I mean, nobody passed the ball more than Big Ben last season per game. Uh, he, he looks awful, and this is what happens when you don't address the quarterback position. They didn't address it last year. They already knew Mason Rudolph stunk. Like he was, he already came in and filled in for Big Ben, and he was pathetic and he's brutal. So I don't know. They go another year without drafting a quarterback. It's I don't view them as a playoff team. I didn't heading in. I don't feel great about their chances now. I don't like any of their pieces on offense besides Najee. You're right. If he's going to get 14, 15 targets a game, I mean he may. If Juju misses a bunch of time and Deontay Johnson can't get on the field. Man, maybe he will lead, lead the NFL and with CMC out for a bit, maybe he will lead the NFL in targets. You got to feel good about that. Anyways, if you're a Najee owner, you don't feel good if you're a Juju, you want Deontay to be on the field when he's on the field, he's good. But yeah, Big Ben, like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even stream this guy. I wouldn't even play him in a two quarterback league, Pat. No chance. Dude, we got screwed last week when we played him against Los, we played him against the Raiders in League of Leagues or League of Legends and uh, League of Leagues, League of Legends, League of Leagues. And he was trash. And he, we were lucky to get that win. Now we got Sam Darnold, and we're fine. We'll just roll with Sam Darnold all year. I wonder if Darnold's going to be any good without McCaffrey on the field. That's a good question. They they stuttered on offense, I think it was three or four drives in a row after CMC. You could tell they were flustered, and they should have been because he's their offense. He's their, he's their guy. Everything runs through him, so it – it, it took a little bit of time, but I was impressed, even though it was against the Texans, I was impressed that he kind of got it together. He's got an elite guy in DJ Moore. I don't know, Chuba's obviously not going to be as good as CMC, but he can catch out of the backfield. He dropped one in the end zone. He could be okay for them. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I, interesting to see that Robbie Anderson isn't a part of this offense. But yeah. the schedule is okay moving forward. Yeah, the schedule's all right. I, I'm just stunned that Robbie Anderson isn't being used at all. Like I had... I was so big on his overs week one. He got there, but it was because he had one big catch and that was all he did the entire game. I, I'd be like, I have him on teams. I'm like, I, I can't play him until he shows you can't start a, him. any sign of life. But like, when does he become droppable? Maybe now in a 10 team for sure. In a 12, I don't know who could you get? Like last week I was saying, if you could, if you could pick him up and we can get to more, he was awful, but I, I would rank Rondell more ahead of him. Moving forward, that was a pickup. I would, I told people, go ahead and, and do that one. But you're right, Robbie can't, he can't start for you. You can't play this guy in your starting lineup. I suppose you just keep him and hope that he's more involved in the offense. But Terrace Marshall continues to creep a little closer in terms of snaps and running routes. He's, he's right there. And I don't know, I watched that game and I thought he was certainly looked at more than Robbie. <laughs> 
Yeah. If you had to guess, who do you th- who would you say is a better team, the Browns or the Vikings? The Browns. The Browns? All right. Yeah. They play each other next week. I like week. Minnesota's offense. Yeah, so do I. And they're apparently they're give up a whole bunch of points to Seattle and then play defense. Defense was something. <laughs> I don't that know, was annoying. I don't I, know what happened to Seattle's annoying. offense. As someone who bet big on Seattle, I was like, oh, it was perfect. And especially even when Minnesota took the lead going into halftime. It was like, all right, I think we're on to something here. Like, Minnesota will find like a very casual way to blow this game and Seattle will just win. Like every time they throw to Metcalf, he's wide open by 20 yards. So just do that every time. And they stop doing it. Yeah, that was super annoying. And I was on the wrong side too. I mean, I had the over, I teased down as like a nine to one teaser. And it was the last one I, I got wrong was that one. I needed 49 points there, 47. I just thought we were going to get there for sure because yeah, Russell Wilson was was carving them up and Minnesota heading into the week. They had like, I think it was a 72 or a 73% completion rate against, which was number one in the NFL. So I was like, yeah, Russell's just good. Yeah, here we go. DK entire drive. And then you're right. They stopped going to him. Lockett was a non-factor. I, they had a little bit of success running the football. Chris Carson had the big run and then Alex Collins was in there and he was getting some third down opportunities. I, I don't really know what happened to their offense, but yeah, Minnesota can score points. I think it's like five straight games. Now Kirk Cousins, has double-digit TDs. I don't think he threw a pick, and that would be five straight where he's thrown at least two and no picks. We Jefferson's wicked. Thielen just continues to catch touchdowns. I thought he was going to regress, guys. He's scored touchdowns. And Alec Madison, he just stepped in and was – he was awesome, man. He was phenomenal. He touches the ball. But he had 26 for 112, and he caught six passes for 59 yards on eight targets. I mean, Minnesota's going to play in those shootout games, though. We just – we couldn't get the total, and – I think they're still going to give up a lot of points in their secondary, but I like their offense. Uh, do you think that the the Rams beating the Bucks means anything to the Bucks at least? Maybe not to the Bucks, but, but this the Ram- was the Rams Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you think this so? Was, I mean, did this- you see McVay? Yeah, McVay was did you pumped. not see McVay? I didn't watch the oh, end of it. Okay. I, did, I, did, I, I turned it off because I wanted to watch the end of the Miami game. Fair. It was a little bit more entertaining. That game was over in the fourth quarter. The Rams won. McVay was, oh man, McVay fires me up. Just hearing his comments, you could just tell, man, moving away from Goff to Stafford. And after week one, he said there are no limitations. And week one, he he had he had two 50-yard touchdown passes. Goff had two all of last season. And then you see it today. You see the play calling. He's so he's such a good play caller. And Cooper Cup, we're we've always thought I I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for you, man. But Cooper Cup is good, and I think a lot of people realize always knew that Cooper Cup was good. Runs great routes, and he was a target in the end zone. He's great after the catch, explosive, has great hands. And now we're just seeing Cooper Cup like, a, I don't know, a steroid version of him. Like his true potential is untapped here with Matthew Stafford and how good he is. He's running crisp routes. He's, he's absolutely phenomenal. McVay is running over to the sidelines. He's giving high fives to, to Stafford. He's chasing him down after he wants to talk to Stafford one more time. Sean Jackson has that touchdown, that long touchdown, another 50-yard bomb. And he and who's there first? McVay in the tunnel and down there jumping on Deshaun Jackson. I think that this game was everything for the Rams. They beat them last year, and Brady struggled against them last season. But this is it, man. Like, they're Super Bowl contenders. They were just there a couple years ago and couldn't do anything because Goff. The defense is legit, and they're rolling right now. I, think it, I don't think it really means anything to Tampa. They did suffer a lot of injuries in that game but it means everything to the Rams. It's like the the bar is set for them. It's a really good division, but that's the bar. And they just, they looked really good today. I don't think that Sean McVay should be jumping on Deshaun Jackson. I feel like that's not good for no his hamstrings. 
There's nothing new. And that's it. Like, that's the one game that you get a year for Deshaun Jackson, another 70-yard bomb. And then he kind of walked it into the end zone like he does all the time. But, um, yeah, man, McVeigh, there was a moment there where I think it was like 10 straight completions for Stafford. And he, he looked nervous to start. And Tori Aikman was talking about it. I was laughing at Aikman. But he probably brought up a couple good points. When has when has Stafford ever had a meaningful game this early in his NFL? Never. The answer is never. I mean, is it a meaningful it game though? It's meaningful because it's yes. two big teams. I mean, well, okay, so they lose and what? Like they, they can't make the playoffs. They yeah. can't go to the Super Bowl. No, no, they they make the playoffs, but like they, it's a convincing win for them. It's the bar set. Like I said, they they want to beat the best of the best, and they did. They beat them. It was yeah. like what Brady had won like nine straight, I think. Yeah, bad, it's a good win. Bad news for the poor Patriots next week who get those Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> coming off a loss. That I know. Fa- fantastic news for them. that's tough for the Bucs, though. They go from Tampa, they go from yeah, they go from Tampa to the West Coast and then the Northeast in a Sunday night game next week. Is New Orleans the team that if you think they're going to lose, they're going to win by thirty points, and if you think they're going to win, they're going to lose by thirty points? Or are they just that? Jameis had the most Jameis touchdown pass ever today. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> to Callaway, yeah, to Callaway, just like, yeah. that was that was the Tampa day, and I saw Peyton talk to him after, kind of like, "Don't, dude, we we don't do that here. We we don't want to do that." And James is like, well, "I don't know. What are you What are you upset about? It's going to touchdown. It's all good." Yeah, to answer your question, yes, I'm not going to be able to figure out the Saints all year. I thought the Pats are going to win that game. Started the game out three straight drives. I guess we should talk about the backfield. Like James White is gone. Damian Harris just. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get we'll get we'll get to those uh, in the waiver wire pickups in the injury section here. I, I do want to continue to recap week three just a little bit because there's there's one more thing I want to hit on, and we'll start with Mac Jones. All the rookie quarterbacks look like dog shit today. All of them. Crash. Yeah, they all did absolutely. Had this conversation earlier, and yeah, they all looked bad. And Trevor Lawrence looked like he was going making a couple nice plays. They started getting the run game working, and then he threw that awful pick six. Wilson's looked brutal. In my opinion, he's looked the worst out of all of them, even with the bad throws that Lawrence has had. And he's had a lot of bad throws, like throwing across his body, across the field, just clear rookie mistakes. And Mac Jones looked bad too. I mean, one of the fumbles wasn't on him. It was on Jonu. I thought Jonu should have had that. I mean, the throw was a little ahead of Jonu a bit, but he bobbled it, and that was the pick. But yeah, Mac Jones didn't look good. Uh like yeah, Ma- they, Ma- Mac Jones know, wasn't Justin comp- Fields looked awful. I don't know what what game plan Matt Nagy had for Justin Fields, but uh, it's the wrong one. Wouldn't do that one again. Yeah, they didn't even let him throw the ball. They didn't even let him throw the ball early in the game. It's just like I, I felt like I felt bad for him. Dude took nine sacks and he took a ton in his first couple drives, and it, it felt like the play was there was no play call. It was just like for you to take a sack. That was it. Like it was, I felt for the guy. And now everyone says he's trash and Nagy's Nagy's just an awful play caller. I think we all know this and it was on full display. Like he doesn't have him prepared. It was a tough environment to go into Cleveland. It's a tough place to play. I, I like that Browns defense. Now he's got a softer matchup. I believe they got the Lions next. We'll see what he can do in that game. But the fact that Andy Dalton had more rushing yards than him in week one and had more rushing yards than him in week two, I think that goes down as a big surprise. Yeah, it wasn't great news. Uh, I'd be worried as someone who owns Ellen Robinson in spots. I thought the fields would be like, oh, here, here we go. And then six for 20. The what is this here? Where's the where's Pat's stats? Fewest completions, minimum 20 attempts in a debut amongst active quarterbacks. Like if wow. you're bringing him in, it's not like he did him any favors with this offensive line. I think Andy Barron tweeted out that. <laughs> 
the Bears offensive line is just a hologram. They don't actually have people out there. <laughs> Miles Garrett, he ended up with four and a half sacks, Browns record, yeah. went yeah. unimpeded to Justin Fields on three separate occasions. No one tried to block him. It's like, that's their guy. He's the good guy. Block him. Double team him. Let someone else try to be just like, no, no, no. Here's the move. We'll double team everyone else. We'll just leave him over there. Yeah. Savvy. <laughs> yeah. I saw that too. And and it's hard. I guess it's hard to fault him because we can. We were picking on Nagy here and then now the offensive line. And I believe maybe we could give Nagy some credit in saying that this is why they wanted to throw out Andy Dalton a little bit more experienced. And the offensive line is brutal because there was a play in the preseason. I think it was against the Bills where Fields just got absolutely lit up. Like, he just got rocked. And and I think, to me, I was like, yeah, they can't start this guy week one. They can't start this guy week one. And then you watch Andy Dalton play, and it's like, ah, you want to see Justin Fields get in there and see if the offense, if he can open up the offense a little bit. Yeah, it looked bad. And, I mean, the offense line is not going to get any better. And Detroit actually held their own against Baltimore, so maybe it isn't going to be easy for for Justin Fields, but I don't think it can get any worse. Outside of one really big run from Lamar, I thought Detroit did a really good job of containing Lamar in the backfield. Like every time that it looked like he had daylight, they just collapsed on him right away. And yeah, his teammates really didn't do him any favors. It was nice to have a Mark Andrews sighting for once. That was encouraging to see if you drafted Mark Andrews. But the what the Chiefs couldn't do last week was just like, oh, the play is broken down. All right, Lamar's just going to run for 20 or run for the first down. Detroit really made a concerted effort to like, Lamar, you're not beating us with your legs. We're going to have to rely on your receivers to beat us here. And Justin Tucker ends up with the most ridiculous field goal ever to win that game and save a lot of people in Survivor. It's funny because I was watching the game with Cust. Cust said he was going to make it, which he was correct about, but, you know, he's big on Baltimore. So Baltimore wins the game. They stave off that Ander curse. However, on Tim's free money teaser this week, the Ravens didn't cover the minus three because they only won by two. Oh man, when I I teased down in the one that I didn't get with Seattle and it was two and a half or one and a half rather. So I was lucky I got that, but I was ticked off because over 50% of the people in my survivor pool had Baltimore. So I was rooting for Detroit to win that game, even though it was phenomenal to see Tucker break an NFL record and the way it hit the crossbar and bounced over like so dramatic, but you're right. Detroit did a good job and you know, they've, they've hung around. I mean, Green Bay kind of torched them in the second half, but they were in that game, and then they were in week one against the Niners. They came back. you got to give them some credit to come back. But they did do a good job. I think they got lucky with those drops. I mean, Marquise Brown could have had three, I think two for sure touchdowns. One, he dropped one in the end zone. Another one was long. I think he had three drops today. And so they kind of focused their attention on stopping the run, and it left some of these guys wide open down the field, but they didn't capitalize. And I think that would be the game plan. Like Marquise Brown has been good this season. He was good towards the end of last season too. And Sammy Watkins has had some moments with the Ravens, but that would be my game plan all the time is try to stack the box and contain Lamar Jackson. Like it's, there's still a lot of questions when it comes to his accuracy and throwing the ball downfield, but his wideouts didn't help him out today. No. Um, Zach Wilson's really And they bad. didn't run the ball, man. They didn't run the ball with those dudes. Like, Tyson Williams and I thought he was at least worthy of a flex play I was thinking Lat would get double digit carries and maybe he'd run one in too Detroit's been a team you could run on for years it was a weird game Zach Wilson bad or Zach's. the worst the worst I don't I feel for him though man don't you when you watch him like no, the offensive line not, is trash not, not at all just because I, of the cuss thing, it was, the cuss I, thing. Well, and I'm watching the game Cust. Cust called he actually got sacked 
at one point and didn't fumble. And Cus was just raving. I can't believe he didn't fumble. Like, what what a great veteran savvy move, not fumbling. It's like, man, the bar has really dropped here on what your expectations are from Zach Wilson. It's going to be such a long year for him. It, it really is. And there's going to be so many questions surrounding if it was the right pick and because all they did is is bolster their offensive line to try to help him out. And I know they're missing some guys on the offensive line and they've had some injuries, but they they don't do many favors. He looks tiny in there. He looks small. He doesn't look confident. When he runs, I, I'm just like, dude, like get down. Cause like it just I could see the defenders chasing him and catching him. And just like I don't know how many hits he can take behind that offensive line. And same thing for Trevor Lawrence. Like that guy's a big dude. And man, he took some shots today. I don't know how long he's gonna last behind that offensive line in Jacksonville. I, I can imagine both of these guys are just thinking like, what the heck, man? Like it's such a complete 180 from the success that they've had and no adversity at all in college to here in the NFL. But the Jets just, they're just so brutal, man. They're so awful all over the field. Like every part of the team is is just like, there's no highlights. They can't run the ball. They can't, they can't throw to anyone. And when they, when there's a good play, I feel like from Wilson, uh, Davis drops it. It's just, yeah, they uh, they get shut out. Uh, I don't know, man. It probably won't be the last time they get shut out this year. No, maybe they've just been playing tough defenses. Who knows? And next week they play the Titans, who will maybe. be on the pickup list for the fantasy defenses you probably <laughs> need to stream next week. Like Trevor Lawrence also looked awful, and I keep thinking that like Jacksonville in each one of these games is perfectly set up to have like the Blake Bortles backdoor cover, and it just doesn't happen at all. Either no. Lawrence throws a pick, he fumbles. Like he is. I, I listen. I, I'm going to give Zach Wilson a ton of shit, but Lawrence has looked equally as terrible. He has, yeah. He's looked really bad, and he at least um, he's got at least three weapons that I like. I mean, Marvin Jones had a decent game today. He's he's good. DJ Chark, the throw that he made to DJ Chark in the end zone was nice, and that's why you you hear. I mean, who was on the call? Was it? Um, it was Gus, Gus Johnson. It, it, it was Gus Johnson. Gus, Johnson. Gus, Gus, Gus Johnson. Edwards yeah. has not. I mean, I know Imagine. he's out for the year. He's not in the booth yet. But yeah, not yet. Yeah, Gus Johnson. Um, Gus Johnson says that's why you pick him number one overall. But then you see all the other plays, and it's like, uh But yeah, we got a little bit of garbage time from James Robinson. His day turned out to be okay, actually. Uh, he had, I think, one point seven fantasy points heading into the half, and then I believe he's a top five running back as of right now, heading into Sunday, midway through Sunday night football, where the Packers are rolling ten nothing. Uh, Robinson caught a couple passes in the backfield, but yeah, we're not getting that backdoor cover. You would think that it would be there. Maybe, maybe it will. Uh, maybe he starts to get a little bit better. But man, the throws are awful. Again, he's taking a lot of shots. Like one of the picks. I don't even want to put the blame on him. He underthrew it because he just got rocked. I don't know. It's just, it's, I think it's going to be bad for a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, dude. I think all, all of them, like none of them are really going to be fantasy relevant. I don't think. Yeah. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. And let's be honest, most don't taste very good. They don't fill you up and they certainly don't satisfy your cravings. This episode is sponsored by Monk Pack, who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but... With one gram of sugar or less, Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and here's the thing, they're only 150 calories. Also, they are delicious. I went through both my boxes, 
really quickly and I had to immediately put in another order for more because I enjoyed them so much and they really filled me up during the day. They were the perfect post-workout snack for me because I don't want to consume a bunch of calories and I don't want to carb up right after I've finished at the gym. I, you know, I want to carb up before I go to the gym, not after I go to the gym. And this just made me feel good and full for the rest of the afternoon. So need them to get here quickly and they will that's not going to be a problem for you. They're the perfect snack to satisfy your sweet tooth without any guilt. And that's always been my biggest problem. That's why I've been enjoying the Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars, either as a quick breakfast, post-workout, or even when I'm running errands and I'm out on the go and I don't want to stop and get fast food. It's awesome. I highly suggest that you check it out. So try it out for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for all the listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code MAYO at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product. Then enter code MAYO to check out to save 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, we're back making new memories in a new world. And I found the best way to hold those memories is by turning them into art that lasts forever from paintyourlife.com. Who doesn't love art? Who needs to put things on their wall? That would be me, me and my family. We have way too much wall space. So putting some art from Paint Your Life really works out in our favor here. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try PaintYourLife.com. Get professional hand-painted portraits created from any photo at a truly affordable price. Or combine photos of peoples or places that you love into one painting. It's fast. You can receive your portrait in as little as two weeks and send any picture, yourself, your children, family, a special place, someone you loved who isn't around anymore, a cherished pet, or even an action shot of you or your children playing your favorite sports. It makes the perfect birthday, anniversary, or wedding gift. And trust me, it's hard to find gifts for anyone these days, especially when you get to my age, you know what to do with it. And like sending people like a, a $50 bill really isn't cutting it. So get them something that's super personal and they're going to absolutely love at paintyourlife.com. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word MAYO to 64000. That's MAYO to 64000. Text MAYO to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply, available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text Mayo to 64,000. Injuries in week four. You know about all of the injuries that had happened going into the week because you played fantasy this week or you bet on football this week. I highly recommend that you sub to the newsletter, the Mayo Media newsletter, because not only does it get sent to your email account, it actually gets updated if you click on the link and I updated. I woke up really early on Sunday morning, this morning meaning. My kids woke up really early around 5.30 a.m., so they were just watching TV. I was like, you know what? I'm going to update this Dalvin Cook situation because when I woke up, 
Rappaport was like, yeah, it hasn't been going well, but they still expect him to play. So I did like a thousand words on like, hey, should you play Dalvin Cook on DraftKings? What should you do with him? And I was like, one of my sons went back to sleep. So I went back to sleep for an hour. I woke up. It's like, yeah, Dalvin Cook's not playing. I was like, why do I ever even try at this? It just, every time I put in effort, it's just going to go completely tits up on me. So then I have to go rewrite it for Alexander Madison. Uh, but that's really, that was the main one of the day. I would expect him to be, if he was able to almost play this week, I would expect Cook to be back next week. And if Cook is back and he's practicing in full all week, I would still expect this to be his job. The only other injury, really, at running back is James White's had to be carted off with a hip injury. And I think that Damian Harris didn't end up playing because they were just down in that game by so much. And they don't want, they just don't ever use him in the passing game enough that if they're in complete passing situations that like JJ Taylor was out there for a bunch, like guys who can actually catch the ball. I think that's why we didn't see a ton of Damian Harris. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. But I mean, it's so frustrating. He caught passes in, in college and he had a couple games this year where he caught passes. Like what's the upside of having Bolden in there? Even, even in the, in the red zone, when they're down a couple scores, they gave the ball to Brandon Bolden twice, like two straight times for negative one yard. He was stuffed. And then they did it again. And he was rocked behind the line of scrimmage. Harrison touched the field at all. I get it. If they're going to be down, sure. If we're going to, I guess that's, that's the thing. It, you, you try to project this Patriots team in game script. And it's the same thing. I guess we've seen for years that if they're down, it's James white. And if it's not, you know, it's, I don't know, look, Garrett Blunt or whatever in, in years past. And now it's James White was carted off with a hip injury. He's obviously going to miss some time here. Who's the pass catcher in that offense? Is it really Brennan Bolden? I don't know. Like he didn't, he didn't get a ton of targets, a ton of looks. It was just a lot of Jacoby Myers and, and I guess um, Kendrick Bourne got in there and had a few as well as Aguilar. But now they play the Bucks next week. So you're you're not I don't know I'm I have Harris I'm not starting him against Tampa Bay they're gonna be down in that game too yeah and you probably so, don't want to start thanks. your running backs against Tampa Bay anyway but just looking at the snap the early snap counts right now to 70 offensive snaps for the Patriots Bolden played 46 percent of those snaps Damian Harris was only at 31 percent uh, James White at nine percent before he went down with the injury the other big one that really stuck out to me Tyson Williams played 51 percent of the snaps in the backfield for the Ravens and just they were like nah you don't need to touch the ball don't worry take the week off Tyson it's okay we got you stupid Tyson. yeah it's super I, I I'm a little hesitant about him too and now I mean last week he was a sell high for me because I've just seen some stuff that I haven't liked but I mean now it's just even more like just crowded and nonsense because you're right he plays the majority of the snaps but it's Latavius acted as the primary back he leads the way in terms of getting carries but he doesn't do anything with them but what I had saw in particular last week was Tyson missed a couple pass blocking assignments. He fumbled out of the end zone, which he got lucky. And then he fumbled in the red zone, which he got lucky because they recovered it. And Latavius had a couple red zone rushing attempts in week one and week two, with some nice runs, which he converted for, you know, touchdowns. And then you still have Freeman who doesn't do a whole lot. And, you know, this guy's not a pickup, but he still gets in there and gets some snaps as well. So it is, it is absolutely crowded what they said they were going to use all their running backs. It does seem like they're going to use all their running backs. But when I watch them, when I watch all their running backs, like Williams is the guy to me that looks the best. He looks precious. He's the guy who gets targets into the backfield. They run the football so well. But it is concerning that he, he's, he's definitely not a better pass blocker than Latavius. And when the game is, when they're trying to close out the game, it is Latavius who's been on the field, not, not Williams. 
No. So the rest of the injuries, receiver, there was a bunch. A.J. Brown left with a hamstring injury. He didn't come back in. No, We don't have how severe any of these injuries are as of yet. Hence the downside of doing a Sunday night show. But at least you'd know now. And I'll have these updates throughout the course of the week. If anything really changes with the waiver wire and stuff like that, I'll do a short video on Monday evening or Tuesday morning, or I'll just talk about it with Seeley at the beginning of the Tuesday show to try to get you up to speed. Because waivers don't clear at earliest until like midnight on Tuesday. So you got plenty of time. No need to freak about it yet. And I'll update the column on DKNation.com. And when it's out, I'll add it to the description of this video. Smash a like. We were here, by the way. Thank you. Sterling Shepard, hamstring. Darius Slayton also left the game. Tyler Lockett hurt his knee and stayed in, but he did not look right afterwards. It was that play that got reviewed where he actually, he was down, but there was a fumble. They had to review it. He didn't look right after that. I wouldn't be shocked if something came out about some sort of like PCL sprain or something. So keep an eye on Tyler Lockett. Elijah Moore sustained a concussion for the Jets. Uh, Juju, like you mentioned, hurt his ribs. And KJ Hamler actually looks like he suffered a severe knee injury. Uh, They're doing an MRI on Monday to see the severity of it. I'm guessing he's going to be out at least a few weeks and who did Fangio is the guy I wrote it down and then I've closed the tab that I had it under Fangio said to watch out for the who's the guy that needs to step up where is he Deontay Spencer he's like their special team or speedster guy I think he's the one who's going to slide into Hamler's spot okay well well I guess we'll keep an eye on that it's another man down I suppose with Judy and Hamler I yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can get too excited about him, but he he would be the guy to keep an eye on, maybe Big A, backup tight end, gets a few more snaps and a few more targets. But that's I think it's just good news for Sutton. And Tim Patrick, if anyone was still – I mean, his ownership is still, geez, 22% in Yahoo leagues. It's, it's way too low for for a guy who – he's got two touchdowns already, 98 yards here tonight. Last last year he filled in for Sutton, and he was he was great. I think he had a couple 100-yard games. He had a, had a two-touchdown game against the Chiefs. He's got good hands. I mean, he reeled a nice catch in today. I think it's just good news for Patrick and Sutton and, you know, fan. Maybe you can use both backs, too. They're getting some targets. Yeah, it all depends on who they're playing at the same time. They don't get to play the Jets and Jags every single week. So we'll see how that offense. They got Baltimore this week. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's not like Baltimore's defense has been any great shakes to start the season. Like, oh, wow, if they really contained the Lions, you know, big, big deal. That's that's going to happen for most teams. Uh, Quarterbacks, no one really got hurt. Tight end, Tower Croft hurt his ribs on the Jets. Gronk, I think, was given an injection to come back into that Tampa game. So I'm curious to see whether he's able to go in week four. I'm guessing against the Pats, he is going to make it a go. But I I would watch out on what his status is because it looked pretty nasty at the time that happened. I was stunned to see him come back so quickly. And the first thing that popped in my mind was like, oh, quarter zone shot. He'll be feeling this for a while. Yeah, he was rocked. I thought he broke a couple revs. Like he got raw. You don't see Gronk go down like that. He got smacked and he didn't see it. And he was down. I thought maybe originally just ribs or he, the wind was knocked out of him. One of the two, but yeah, he was back pretty soon and there's no way he misses this week. Did you see in the Jags Cardinals game, the Rondell Moore muffed punt? I did not see that. So uh, someone actually tweeted it out afterwards and slowed it down. So the punt was coming in, and there was a blocking from behind penalty on the play. The ref threw the flag, but the flag hit the ball on the way down, and that's why he muffed the punt. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it before. Oh, I've never heard of anything like that before. Oh, I, I did see the block in the back and I heard I heard of that. I was I had my eye on that game, but I didn't see that actual play with the flag hitting the ball. No, I'm tough game for Rondell Moore. I guess that's uh, one thing to, to keep in mind is 
he will have those up and down games with Kyler being so good. Everyone, but he still is like the fourth guy on that team in terms e- of snaps and running e- rounds. Even Hopkins is going to have up. I know he was hurt this week and he wasn't at 100%, but that's sort of the, unless you have Kyler Murray, everyone on that team mm-hmm. is just going to be, you're, they're going to be boom or bust. Is it like legitimately boom or bust in your Totally, life. totally, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Today was AJ. AJ had a solid day. And, and so did Kirk. Yeah. So did Kirk. They both had 100 yards. Kirk had a good week one. Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, Kyler's the guy. You want Kyler and you hope it's him. And, you know, Edmonds Edmonds catches a bunch of balls into the backfield too. And James Conner finally had a day. Like, he got his first target as a member of Arizona, and he finds Arizona a couple times on the ground. So it's just a really good offense. It'll just be, yeah, it's like Tampa, right? Evans one week, AB another week. It's just there's just so many options. Let's talk about the waiver wire. Besides, if you had the number one waiver priority, are you picking up Chuba Hubbard with McCaffrey out at least two weeks, probably more? Yeah, it's pro- it, it probably is more. You're right. It's hard to speculate. But yeah, Chuba would be the guy for me. He did look like the lead. As a rookie, you'd wonder about pass blocking because Royce Freeman is a pretty good pass blocker. And it looked like there was a moment in that game, Pat, where Royce was starting to, okay, we're going to see uh, maybe a split here 50-50. But I thought Chuba overtook it and... I think he got five targets in that game, caught three of them, and then dropped the one in the red zone, which normally I, I feel like he would catch that one. That that would be my number one pickup. Yeah, yes. I mean, would you pick up like, – how deep of a league would you be in to pick up Freeman? Like, may, maybe – because we don't know how long McCaffrey's going to be out. Like, he could be out eight weeks. He's probably not going to be out eight weeks, but he could be. It's probably more likely like – I'd say, pick him up in a 12-team. 12, 12 I'd pick him up. Royce, would you rather pick up Peyton Barber or Royce Freeman in a 12-team league? Oh man, I, I, I might pick up, up Peyton Barber. I pick up Barber because I don't know when J- is Jacobs yeah. ever going to be back. He may he may not be back for a bit. I mean, there's no real need to rush him back. They're running the they ran the football pretty well today. Even though De- Derek Carr leads the league in passing attempts and, and passing yards, I'm sure they want to have some sort of balanced attack here on offense. But they got Kenyon Drake, who's more than capable, and he's catching balls out of the backfield. And Pey- Peyton Barber looked pretty good today, running the rock. And obviously, we just talked about it earlier. Gruden likes him. He's got that toe injury that could just linger for a while. And I don't know if you got the, I get these new, these injury reports, just notifications. I think it was from like the sleeper app a couple weeks ago. And it was Josh Jacobs brackets, everything (laughs) sidelined. So maybe it's more than just a toe. It could be a few things he's dealing with. Yeah. Barber would be the pickup. Yeah. Barber probably played his best game of the year today. So I wouldn't be expecting that every single week. But the one thing you can count on with Peyton Barber in this offense, as long as it's Barber and Drake and Jacobs isn't around is, he's essentially putting up the same numbers as crappy Josh Jacobs does. And people think that Josh Jacobs yeah. is like really good. It's like, no, like when they get on the one yard line, they give him the ball. That's what they do with Peyton Barber. So there's value in that. I suppose I, I wouldn't make it a priority. Like I would make Hubbard a priority. No one else is a priority for me at this point. Cause I, I would expect Daryl Henderson to be back next week. He almost played this week with the ribs problem. Maybe they sit him out again because they're three and oh, and they want him to get healthy. Then you could roll Sony Michelle back out there again. But I'm pretty convinced that when Sony Michelle is active and Daryl Henderson is active, that maybe the split isn't quite as pronounced as it was before, but Henderson's still going to be the lead guy. Here's an interesting one for you. I just went and looked at uh, Alexander Madison's ownership. He's only owned in 40% of leagues on ESPN. I assume most like real leagues he's owned in, and this isn't like a big deal to you because he's owned in those formats, or most definitely someone mm-hmm. picked him up this morning to play him uh, once it happens. But let's say in a theoretical world, he is available on your waiver wire. Do you bid on him if you had the number one waiver priority? Would you use it? Because I would expect Cook to be back, and then Madison's useless again. 
I know. That's the thing. Like he's such a great handcuff. We've had these games before where Cook has been out and he's looked really good. But no, I don't think I would use the number one claim. I, I think what you said earlier is it's pretty spot on about Dalvin Cook being close. Uh, by the way, Rap Sheet always gets it wrong. <laughs> we all get things wrong, but Rap Sheet seems to always get it wrong. But Cook did, did seem close watching that game and hearing um, the reporters talk about it, that he was really close and that they just they were looking ahead and they didn't want it to be a two to three week thing and just, you know, to be a one week thing. And Madison's definitely capable and they feel confident with him. So I know I wouldn't I wouldn't use it. I you know, it's just a if you're in a fab thing, a spec ad. But I mean, I'm not spending more than 10 percent. I suppose if you. I'm, I'm assuming if you were a cook owner, you already had him anyways. But um, yeah, if you're super thin, you put like a few bucks on it. But I wouldn't feel comfortable more than 10% of my budget on him because I do believe Cook will be back. Yeah, if Cook's back Cook's next team. week, Madison's going back to the bench. Like, it's, it's nothing. It's not that. He had four, four carries before today. Yeah. So I don't play in any league where Madison was not already owned. So I same. think that's pretty indicative. And same with Chuba Hubbard. Same yeah, with Chuba no, Hubbard. That, that guy was, that's true, was but in yeah, all my leagues. And yeah, okay, yes, but he is actually available in people's leagues at this point. He is. Yes. versus Madison because some people don't even know who Chuba Hubbard was like you're playing in like a, a real casual 10 or 12 team league that's that's because he's Canadian that's why no one knows who he is. is he Canadian hey it's from Edmonton yeah I did not know that yeah now, now yeah, I mean I, Royce Freeman is worth a spec ad too like he's gonna be the guy that goes with people spend all the money on Chuba like I don't think he's gonna go 100 if if CMC was ruled out for the remainder of the year we'd probably see everything people that did that with Elijah Mitchell would do that with Chuba but he'd be the guy like everyone's dropping sermon. I don't know what sermon's doing here today. Probably nothing. But that's the guy that you could get on the cheap. And who knows, right? He is a rookie running back. And Freeman is a vet. He hasn't done a whole lot. But he is a good pass blocker. That if he does struggle in that part of the game, that Royce Freeman could get in. And it could be a 50-50 where everyone spent all that money on Chuba. That Royce goes under the radar. And maybe he could be something like week four, week five. You're in a filler, right? You started Peyton Barber. Heck, I started Peyton Barber league. I started Carlos Hyden leagues. Like, he could be in rough shape. Yeah, it all depends on how deep your league is, to be perfectly honest with you. If it was 12 or less, I just wouldn't be looking. Here's how Trey Sermon is doing. I'll let you know. Uh, George Kittle mm. leads the team in rushing with nine yards. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. What a mess. What a bloody mess. <laughs> I don't even feel bad for people who spend 100% of their fab on Elijah Mitchell. Like, uh, I get it. You're in a tough spot. I think he's, I think it, he's but... back next week. Maybe. I mean, he's back next week. Within the next two weeks, I would expect him to be back. We haven't seen any Jacques Patrice or Patrice Jacques, whatever the hell that guy's name is. Carry on's not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Trey Sermon has three carries to the point in the game where a minute left in the second or the second quarter. Kyle Uzcheck has two carries, so I guess he's the next guy up. And he has a catch again. This guy's been catching balls like it's so weird. The Shanahan. That's the thing, right? It's like, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, when he was in there, he got that 17, I think 17 and 17 in, in the first couple of weeks, and he's inside the top 10 in attempts, and it's nice. Okay, fine. When he comes back, maybe he will be the guy, but you just gets in there, and he catches a pass or two. If Sermon has a couple nice runs, and you know, maybe he'll – this game looks over. I mean, they're in the red zone. They're about to go up 17 nothing. No, we don't, we don't know if they're going to uh, go up 17 nothing, but Devontae Adams is just killing people right now. Yeah, so I'm good. not surprised. So good. Yeah, he's – What's would you, he doing? Would you rather have Devontae Adams oh or Cooper Cup the rest seven of the year? for 73. I'd rather have, oh my goodness. I'd rather have Adams. I, I don't even want to think about that. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly be wrong by having yeah. Adams. Sure, sure. I'll agree with you. 
But Cooper Cup, I said last week that he was a top 10 wide receiver for me the rest of the way. He may be like, he may be five. He may be, he may be top five. Well, just, just trying to like reverse engineer how the draft went. You have, let's say I had Devontae at number one. I still think he's number one. Diggs doesn't have a top 24 a week yet. Ridley is useless because Matt Ryan is useless. Allen Robinson exactly. looks pretty useless. A.J. Brown's hurt. Yep. Tyreek Hill, you know, he had a big week one. He hasn't really done a whole lot since. I mean, you have Cup. Mike Williams is awesome now all of a sudden. Yeah, Jefferson is still good. That's a guy that a lot of people were wondering if he could duplicate what he did last year. He's fine. A.J. Brown clearly is dealing with the drops, and now he's got the hammy. Uh, C.D. Lamb's fine. Allen's fine. But yeah, Allen Robinson, you have to bump him down a bit. Yeah, Diggs, I think people are just all over him. What I've what I've noticed is it's just like beat us elsewhere. I think that's what opposing defenses are trying to do. And then you see the day from Sanders. But I mean, Diggs is I still view him as as elite. I still would rank him five, top five. But I do notice teams just like Tyreek Hill, like doubling and just Go ahead, like throw to somebody else. Like beat us with Pringle and Hardman or beat us with Emmanuel Sanders or Gabriel Davis or Beasley. We're not going to get beat here by Diggs. These guys will get theirs, but Adams always gets his. So I Cooper Cup is right there. I put him top. I put him ahead of – there's no question I put him ahead of Ridley. I put him ahead of AJ. I, I think that Ridley's such a nice trade target right now. Like another 11 targets today. He had eight catches. It's just – it hasn't – and maybe it won't click with this offense. But I think that the more that Arthur Smith gets his hands on this offense, like by mids, because the Falcons, the past few years have just really struggled out of the gate. And then by mid season, like their defense starts getting a little bit better. Like they just start playing better. I think I would take the shot on Pitts and Ridley right now. Although I thought that last week's like Cordero Patterson aberration was just that it was an aberration because they just said, you know what? We're not running on Tampa Bay. We're going to figure out something else. But Here's the thing. Maybe your offense sucks because you're using Cordero Patterson too much. Maybe that's just a thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that might be it. Honestly, uh, it could be a big part. I think it's the offensive line. I agree with you, though. I would buy on Pitts and I would buy on Ridley. And I think people, I mean, people are got to be sweating Ridley spending, or Pitts sweating that fourth round pick. And so I'm going the third in one league. But the, the volume is going to be there all year. It was a weird game. Yeah, it was. I was kind of wondering the same thing as you when we talked about that game. Like, where's Pitts? What's going on here? Because we saw in week one and week two, not only did the starting tight ends do good against the Giants, but the backup tight ends, Ricky Souls Jones caught a touchdown pass, and then Big A caught a touchdown pass. Like, the backups did good as well. So it's just like a matchup that you, sh- you know, pitch should have been much better in that one, but he it- wasn't even really getting a ton of targets and a ton of looks until late. Ridley, I definitely buy in on, I don't know. What's the thing with pits. It's so tough for the tight end. Like what would you give up to get pits? Would you give up a Gronk? I don't think I would. I, would. I think I just roll with Gronk. No, I think I, I'd yeah. probably end up going with pits in that spot. Like let's say you had DJ Moore, who is posting top 10 receiver numbers right now. And someone's like, Hey, give me DJ Moore. I'll give you Calvin Ridley. You're making that deal, right? That might be the wrong thing to do because DJ Moore, I mean, he's he is a legit receiver. We know this, but does he have the same upside as Calvin Ridley? Like before the year started, you'd be like, yeah, no, thank you. But someone might make that trade with you right now. I know it's such a that's such a good guy to bring up too. I'm I'm a big fan of DJ Moore. I don't know, man. I I maybe yeah maybe I'd make it. I think there's more touchdown upside with Calvin Ridley. He is a beast. He's awesome. We just saw it last year, but we've seen it for DJ Moore now for two straight years. I mean, he's top five in yards over the last two years, 1100 yards in each of the last two. He's very, people don't view him as an elite wide receiver or a wide receiver one. I don't know if it is because of the touchdowns 
where because of the quarterback play, maybe they don't believe in Sam. And then last year they didn't believe in Teddy, but and he's really, really good. And the fact that Robbie Moore is not getting any looks and now Chris McCaffrey is going to miss some time. I don't know if I'm dealing with DJ. I think I, I would just want Ridley in that spot. Wide receiver pickups. Anyone really stick out? You said Tim Patrick is still lingering around there. I think he would be a priority pickup for me, especially with Hamler going down. Like if he's not picked up yet, I think you'd have to think in like real leagues, like someone would have picked up Tim Patrick already, right? You would think so, but like we're looking here, Yahoo, 22%. You know, NFL.com is probably single digits, but Tim Patrick, this would be the last time I suppose to get Tim Patrick. I mean, I, I thought KJ Osborne was picked up everywhere. He had a dead game today, but he wasn't picked up anywhere after week one. And then after week two, people start picking these guys up. They need to see it again. So maybe with Patrick, you know, I don't know, touchdown in each of the first two weeks, I think would have been enough for me uh, to grab this guy, especially with Judy out, but he's 22% his ownership. So I think he, even one of my Yahoo leagues here, he's, He's available. I think he could be. That's a 10-team league, though. So he he could certainly be available. There's no real waiver wire guys. Like, I'm looking at Pittsburgh. Sanders. You mentioned Ray Ray. Like, Sanders, yes. 100%. Yeah, yeah Emmanuel. Sanders would be but, the guy. But Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley are going to be like this, though. It's almost like Rondell Moore from last week. Like, yeah, they're guys who are on your bench that you can deploy as a wide receiver three or a flex from time to time. And the Bills offense looked awesome today for the first time all season. But... Are you ever really, how good is your team if you're starting Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah, probably not great, but you could have had some of these injuries. You could have had Jerry Judy, you could have A.J. Brown. Uh, Sanders is definitely worthy of a flex play, I think. The fact that Josh Allen is as good as he is and he struggled out of the gate, but, I mean, you saw it today on full display, and this is a team that wants to throw the football, and they throw it really well. So if teams are going to take away digs, I would I would roll out Sanders as at least a flex guy. I'd roll him out over uh, over Beasley. We we like Beasley as a flex guy in PPR leagues. When we get into the bye weeks and and teams are on bye and injuries happen, we roll out Beasley in a full point PPR and we're like, yeah, get us 15 points. Awesome. Uh, why can't we do that with Sanders, who has I think a higher ceiling? Yeah, sure. No, I would rather own Sanders than Beasley. I think that listen, I think that he should be owned. I just don't know where you're going if it's like, oh man, what a priority pickup. I'm gonna. I'm not only am I going to play pick up Emmanuel Sanders, I'm going to use him next week too. Like it's probably not going to work that way, just because like the volatility. What about Tennessee? What? What? Sorry to cut there, you off. There was, what there, about Tennessee? There was a guy who caught a touchdown today that I had legitimately never heard of before. Westbrook, Nikki Westbrook, I Keen. Yeah, yeah that, that that guy. guy. That that's the guy. <laughs> yeah, never heard of him either. Uh, but he leads the way in snaps with 53. He ran the most routes. He had the most targets. I, I, I don't know, man. Julio is hurt too. Like I'm not hearing anything about Julio and I was watching that game very closely because we already talked about, um, well, I had that with Seattle one on close, but I also had that. I have uh, quite a few shares of Tannehill and AJ and, uh, and Julio is not working out well for me. Although Tannehill was okay today, but another two picks like that guy's got five or six turnovers already, but Julio, I'm pretty sure I uh, watched it really close. I don't think he touched the field at all in the fourth quarter. And towards the end of the third, the, the commentators were talking about it. It was a red zone play. They just had, they just aired it out down the field, I think to Nick Westbrook, Ikeen or whatever the heck his name is. And it was a PI. And then, so they had a play down in the red zone and Julio was on the sidelines and they were calling him out. They were calling out the coaching staff and they said, how, how is Julio not out here? AJ left in the first drive, second drive. How is Julio not out here? He must be hurt. Nobody talks about it. The entire fourth quarter, he was just on the sidelines with his helmet on next to Brable. I don't know, man. Brable already called him out earlier this year. I would assume that if he was healthy, he would be on the field if he was healthy. But maybe he's hurt too. 
<laughs> Derrick Henry's catching balls into the backfield these days. Maybe he's the guy that's just going to get all the targets, but maybe there's something here. I don't think it's with Chester's Chester Rogers and Jeff Swain, but somebody has to catch the ball in Tennessee. If AJ may miss some time and Julio may miss some time. If they miss time, I, I Khalif Raymond was the one who ended up with the most targets of all those guys. And he has like game breaking speed. That maybe I mean, listen, we're talking about like generic creative player scrubs, Tennessee receivers. Yeah. Well, it's almost like Deontay Spencer, who I brought up, but these are guys who are available in any league. So if we can pick right on these guys, maybe you find something. Oh, Cus just tweeted out that the game is over after Aaron Jones scored his t- scored his touchdown. Now San Francisco is just marching down the field. <laughs> Quickly live bet. <laughs> I did. I, I I just live bet them at plus three thirty while you were talking. Didn't he do something? What did he do? I, I saw you tweet his a text message. What happened to him over the weekend? He said something crazy, and we saw a turn as well. I mean, I'm sure there's multiple. Uh, I mean, right he, now, he, picked, he picked Europe. He said, no doubt that Europe wins the Ryder Cup, and they had the biggest loss of the history of the Ryder Cup. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that was the biggest lead after day one, I think, since like 1975 or something. There's no contest. Oh, yeah. do you, do you have the routes run in front of you right now? I do. Can you look up the Giants and see how many routes Colin Johnson ran versus everyone out? Because when Slayton went out and when Shepard went out, 2L Colin, my guy from Jacksonville last year, he actually like had a good game. Yeah, he led the way in targets with seven. I mean, Saquon had seven. He, he ran 19. He played 34 snaps, 34 of 70. Third on the team, Galladay plays 48, runs 30 routes, five targets. Kadarius Tony played 46, so two snaps fewer, and ran the most routes – only had three targets, but yeah, your boy Johnson, seven targets, 19 routes, 34 snaps. He could be interesting. Yeah, I think if those, it depends on how long those guys are out. And obviously Evan Ingram is now back as well. Galladay is going to be back. But if those guys are walking triage units. They'll be out by next week. So 2L Colin. I just liked him a lot in Jacksonville last year, and they just had no one to get him the ball. I mean, Daniel Jones sucks, but he can kind of get people the ball. Yeah, kinda. classic Giants today. Brutal. Yeah, I mean, Darius leaves and Shepard leaves, so there is an opportunity here. I think most people will probably go to Tony, but, I mean, Colin would, would probably be the better pickup. I mean, seven targets is pretty significant. Yeah. And, and I, the Giants I, are brutal. They are. Holy and like crap, they suck. He is someone who can, like, play on the outside. He's a huge body, potentially a red zone threat. You know, you know the Giants are going to be losing, so they're going to be chucking quite a bit. So I don't mind him. Oh, the other one I wanted to bring up, and I mentioned this last week, is if Curtis Samuel is available in your league, he's eligible Mm. to come off injured reserve this week. And uh, you should pick him up because Washington needs someone else to throw to. Yeah, good call. They really do. Heineke has a decent fantasy day, but he didn't look good uh, today. Uh, Adam Humphreys has showed up lately, but they, they need someone. Yeah. He would be the number two immediately. And that would just damper. I mean, nobody was playing Diane Brown anyways, but that would just damper his expectations in his rookie season. Oh, but internet people love him. He's going to be so good. Yeah, they do. They really do like him. Yeah. Dynamic Brown. Uh, He's not going to be good this year. He's, he's a deep dynasty guy. You just hope that he can carve out a role, but he's had an opportunity here now for three weeks and, He's really he's made a couple highlight roll grabs, but he's not he's not a factor in this offense. At Let's see, all. yeah, uh, Hump Daddy was second on the team in targets with four. That's not great, but he was second last week to McLaurin as well. Like Samuel's just going to play in his spot, and Samuel's way better. So way better, yeah. And I so, agree. As long as he's over this groin injury, I, I think that he's going to be fine. I think that with the way that Washington's defense has kind of been exposed as being not good all of a sudden, that they're going to have to check a bunch. Yeah, what's that about? I'm, I thought they'd be good. 
I don't know if there's a fantasy defense that you can trust out there. I suppose the Rams. Like no, who, there's there's I mean, one fantasy. fantasy defense, th- you always no, stream there, them. There there are two fantasy defenses that you can trust this year. Who's playing the Jets? Who's playing the Jags? You're right. You're so right. And, and honestly, it. who's playing the Steelers? <laughs> and who's playing the Steelers? A hundred percent. It's just weird before in years past, like you have that defense that you just, people always reach on their defenses. You and I are the same. We it's our last pick and we look at week one and who's playing week one Broncos were that team this year. That's like, you looked at the schedule, you like their D anyways, but you looked at the first three weeks, like, Oh, I got to get, I got to get the Broncos. Maybe I'll reach one round early to get the Broncos, but I'm looking ahead. I mean, I rolled out the bucks today and when I was just like, yeah, you know, I'll just roll out the bucks. I think they got me negative points. Uh, and now, I mean, their defense hasn't looked good to start and they had a bunch of injuries today too. But there's not a defense across the board out of those streams that I, besides the Rams, that I would feel confident rolling. Washington, I thought was going to be good. They don't. They're getting pressure, Pat. I mean, Josh Allen had a lot of pressure in his face today, but man, he carved them up. He did. Waiver wire QBs and tight ends. I don't really see anyone that like really sticks out. I'll come up with streamers later on in the week, but the streaming D's. I just Cincinnati Thursday night at home against Jacksonville. You can do that when they're 6% owned. I used them on DraftKings today. They were great. Uh, New Orleans people, they're owned like in more leagues. They're owned around like 55%. I saw around there, depending on what site that you play on. They're at home against the Giants. I don't know if they're like at home, at home yet. Are they back at the Superdome yet? No, I don't think so. So wherever the hell um, they think, play, they're playing. I haven't heard too. Yeah. They're playing in, um, let me double check here. Oh, they are? Well, they're quote-unquote home, so I don't know. I don't yeah, know when it, that game is going to be. I, I've read it could be as many as four or five weeks until they play in Superdome. Uh, the Titans are at the Jets. Just you know, pencil that one in. They're like 3% owned. Oh, they're all. Brandon Ayuk dropped a touchdown. Garbage. Or was that Debo? No, that was Ayuk. Poor guy. I can't do anything. I right. played the Titans today, and um, I thought they'd get more points, Carson Wentz, but they'll get points next week against the Jets. No question. Wentz, yeah. my goodness. Well, the other one is Chicago oh. and Detroit play each other. Like, can nice. you, can you, would you play Fields next week? It's super flex only. That's it. You like, can't roll him out. Like, if he was you like, roll if he was like quarterback, 5,100 bucks on DraftKings, would you play a DraftKings lineup with Justin Fields? Oh, yeah, yeah, I would do that. Like, that's I, different. I, I play, well, <laughs> sure, I did, I, play I, did a, DK, I, I did a few of those this week. It was not good. No, not great. I did, it gets a little bit easier for him against Detroit. I, I have a lot of respect for Cleveland's defense, man. Like they're and, and Cleveland's a really tough place to play. I don't know if you've ever been to a game in Cleveland. Nope. I mean, probably not. <laughs> nope. I've been to two. I've been to two. And recently, Trevor, Trey, is that Trey Lance ran that one in? Jimmy threw an awful pick earlier. They, they just like to use Trey Lance inside the red zone, which is super annoying too. But, um, you know, Cleveland is a, it's, it's an awesome tailgate experience. The Mooney lot is phenomenal. They've just been so used to losing over the years that everyone just get fucking wasted out of their <laughs> minds. And their team is better now. I went to the game when they were playing the Chiefs and Chiefs, you know, crushed them, but they still were able to score 30 points and it was it was entertaining. And then they played the Steelers last year and they beat them. It's, it's really windy there. It's by the lake. It's a tough place to throw the football. I don't know if that was Matt Nagy's. Like, they, it didn't look like they gave Fields an opportunity to throw it. it, it I would love to be a fly in the room and and hear Nagy what the game plan would have been like to not throw the football in that first half really at all is, is so mind boggling. Um, but I would play him in DK against Detroit. Sure. Would you, would you rather play Chicago's D and pick up Chicago's D and play them or pick up Detroit's D and play them? <laughs> I think I would rather play Detroit's D against fields. Yeah. 
I can see that. I mean, like I said, they, they just did a good job against Lamar. They did. Like, in containing yeah. him. If they contained fields, like they might not score a point. Right. And and Goffies looked okay. I mean, I suppose like both defenses are great streaming options. Yeah. I suppose they'll probably throw the football a little bit more in Detroit, but I I don't know. I lean Detroit. <laughs> Uh, four, four fields. Let's talk Monday Night Football very quickly. Like I told you that there's that uh, prize picks thing that's going on right now. I just actually just got a message about it. I can even throw up the graphic for you right now. And it says, uh, if you place a $5 entry on the Monday Night Football game, you will get $25 from prize picks uh, if Dak Prescott completes a pass. So you have to play a prize picks entry of two plays over-unders on the fantasy props or rushing yards or whatever from the Monday Night Football game using code MMNNFL at prizepicks.com. That's how you qualify for it, MMNNFL. So if you deposit $25, they will give you $25 as a match with code MMNNFL. And then if you play a $5 entry with a Monday Night Football game and Dak completes a pass, they'll just give you another $25. So the worst you're really coming out of this with is $45 free by depositing $25. Not bad. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's spot on. I'm pretty sure Dak's going to complete a pass tomorrow night. I see you say that now. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, PrizePix has these cool little promos on sometimes. I believe one time they had uh, Mahomes to have over one passing yard. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? You never know what will happen to warm up. But it's, uh, I think I, if I were you, I'd get in on that. Yeah, I, I still really love your Eagles tomorrow night. I have the Eagles on the money line against Dallas. I think they're, they're, really? they're too fast for Dallas's defense. Like That's the one thing you'll notice about like the Eagles are going to catch a bunch of teams off guard because of the speed that they have on offense. Like It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. You're starting to see that now come to fruition. In the past couple of years, they've just been drafting burners. And, you know, they're they're always going to get laughed at. And I'll be the first one to laugh at them for drafting Rager over Justin Jefferson. But um, they're finding a way to get him more involved. And Quez Watkins is a guy that they drafted in the same year with uh, with Rager. And he think he had the 91-yard catch. Devontae Smith is getting separation. I mean, J- Jalen Hurts underthrew him a couple times last week. I've been impressed with the Eagles because, I mean, my expectations weren't high. I don't think that they win the game. I think they could cover the four. Uh, I think it will be a tight game. And I believe that they could keep up on offense. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do believe that Dallas will just be too much for them. And, and the secondary still has a lot of holes in Philly. And they lost Brandon Graham, which is a big bummer. He's a big part of that. You know, them stopping the run and getting the pressure on the quarterback with Fletcher Cox. Like, he's still, Brennan Graham's been so awesome uh, for the past couple of years. But it should be a good game. It should be, uh, I lean with Dallas. should be entertaining. I think Cowboys could easily be 2-0. and They could easily be 0-2, right? I thought Philly played pretty good against San Fran last week. But the the rookie coaching, when I talked earlier about rookie coaches, Nick Sirianni, I don't know if you caught what the nonsense last week when they were on, on the one and like four plays in a row and they oh, try yeah. a Philly special with oh, yeah. Greg Ward. Oh, I, oh I, I saw it. Yeah, they should have beat San Francisco straight up. They should have beat them. They should have. Yeah, they should have beat them. They, they held their own against the Niners. But I think the Niners are overrated, personally. We think we're seeing that. Tonight. No, I mean, they have to come back and they have to win this game because I bet the money line on them after Tim said that it was over. So, boom, let's see what we can do here. <laughs> um, did you look at the spreads yet? Like, what, what they are? Next week? Yeah. I looked at one. I looked do, at do, Buffalo and do, 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 okay. So you saw it. Buffalo and Houston. Did you it did. Yeah. 17 yeah. minus 17. <laughs> When's the last time you've seen that Pat's like Pat's back in the day. No, I feel like there's a few. Like the Jets I, I feel like you, you get a few of these every year where it's like 14 and a half, 16 and a half. Just when you get a really good team against a really crap team, that 
it's just so weird. Maybe it's just because I've been around the Bills for so long, and they've been the Bills, and obviously this is a different Bills team. They just went, you know, they almost got to the Super Bowl last year. But to see them as 17-point favorites against anyone is just like, huh, didn't expect that. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. It's not the the same Bills as when, you know, Gabe was, uh, you know, a young buck. We'll say that when Gabe Morenci was uh, – actually, the Bills were pretty good back in, in Gabe's day. But yeah, no, you don't normally see it. I think they cover it, <laughs> don't you? I think they cover it. I think I think it was Terod Taylor. Too bad it wasn't Taylor to play against the Bills. That'd be a cool storyline. I thought Houston held their own, but the Bills are probably going to wreck them. They're going to crush them. Yeah, that game. Would you just, bet that? No, would I you bet seventeen? No, just I would. I would just. Yeah, I just bet wouldn't that? bet that game. Like that, there's too many. Exactly. Although I, I'm with you, the lean for me would be the Bills in that spot. Here's an interesting one: the Falcons are favored by a point over Washington. Washington. I'll pick Washington. Yeah, it's got to be Washington, right? Yeah, I think so. I think Washington. I mean, they they came back and made it a, a decent game, and Bills obviously looked much better than they, them they today. Had, but yeah, they, they had they with, had with uh, they, they had one like dump off pass that went for seventy five yards, and they generated a turnover. Gibson, and that and that's all they did. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That was a nice run by Gibson and a nice finish by him. Yeah, but I would pick Washington in that spot. I felt like they're bad, man. And I know. I guess the Giants are awful too. Clearly, they're the worst team. I guess and third worst team in the league. I go. Who's worse? Jets. Houston. Jacksonville's better than New York, right? I was. It's funny because oh, Houston beat Houston. Jacksonville. Like Houston's also oh, yeah, very Houston. bad. Yeah, I yeah. would rank them. Um, I think Jacksonville is better than, despite the loss to Houston. I think Jacksonville is better than Houston. But the Jets, I think, are the worst. So you got I the, think the Jets are the worst team in the league. You got the Jets, Giants, Houston, Jacksonville. Those four are pretty bad. Those four. Two. And then Atlanta. Atlanta's maybe on the next tier. I just Detroit's pretty bad. Like, let's be real. They they've lost some like close game. Week one wasn't close. They were losing by like 30 points. And then I think yeah. San Francisco just thought the game was over and like they left. And then Detroit still couldn't beat them against like two defenders at the same time. No one watched no one really knows what happened in that week one game because no one tuned back in until it was within one score. It's like what the hell happened here. Because this game was over about an hour ago, and now it's still going. Right. Uh, oh, we're going to lose my survivor. What about the Colts? Colts are up there, too. They're 0-3. The Eagles got their first-round pick. Carson Wentz played oh, yeah, all the, the snaps today. Eagles do have their first-round pick, don't they? That's a horrible you trade. <laughs> he needs to play, I think, like 75% of the snaps. I don't know if they get to a point they in the better season yank, when they're they like, better you know what? yank him out of the, like, that game. Yeah. They played yeah. him on two broken would... ankles today. And and he was and not to say that he's milking it. I'm sure that he's he's got two broken ankles, two sprained ankles. But he was there was a couple times when he was running, and um, it looked like he was running fine. He was walking fine all over the place. And then after the game, he can hardly walk. It's like you know what I mean. The cameras are on him. He can hardly move. But watching that Colts offense, my like I had so much respect for Frank Reich and his smart mind. And heck, if he wants to acquire Carson Wentz, then obviously he knows that he can fix Carson Wentz, and I'm able to back that up. And and you know maybe we can get excited about this Colts Colts offense, which we couldn't last year with with uh, Philip Rivers. But the offense is so vanilla. It is brutal. They do they do one thing, and all it is 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 throw behind the line of scrimmage. They just throw to Hines. They throw to Taylor. And they throw to Pittman on screens, and that's it. And and there was a play in, in the game when Pittman was wide open in the end zone and went through a way over his head. He's got no confidence. If I were them, I'd start thinking about throwing Jacoby uh, Jacob Eason in there so they can keep their first round pick. 
Yeah, you keep your first round pick because it might be the first overall pick if everything everything breaks right for you. <laughs> Although they have to, they do get the Texans and Jags twice. Where's so Did you? If you haven't looked yet, it is Vegas at Chargers on Monday night. What do you think the spread in that Ooh, game is? Oh, nice at Chargers. Oh man, I feel like it should be three and a half, four, but maybe two and a half. It's three and a half, four, three and a half, three and a half. Yeah, Chargers are favorite. That's gonna be a good one. I'm going to be picking the Chargers, but that's going to be a good game. It is, but the Broncos are favored over Baltimore next week. They're a point and a half favorite. Wow. In Denver? In Denver. Gotta be. Yeah. Interesting. It's always recency bias, right? Well, there's how good are the Broncos? That's the test. Yeah. This this is a real test for them. Like, this is such a a punching out just after playing complete cupcakes. And the thing is, like, they play complete cupcakes and they beat the shit out of all three of them. So. It's kind, it's kind of yeah. like what the Ravens do a lot of the time. Now the Ravens got the big win against the Chiefs, obviously. That's like the Ravens from like the past like three years. It's like, oh, you're not good. We're gonna beat you by fifty points. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, they've that's Lamar's is coming off his best win of his career. I think when they beat KC last week, he had never been able to beat them, and it's it's been a coin flip with you know Pittsburgh, and then he ran into Tennessee in the playoffs a couple years ago. So yeah, that's. This is going to be a true test here for Denver because Las Vegas has already had the test, two tests, right? With Pittsburgh going into Pittsburgh and beating Baltimore and the Chargers passed the test, passed flying. I mean, I thought that they should have won that game against Dallas. And they, I mean, they could, they should be three and oh. Yeah. Really. Okay. The other two that caught my eye, and I think that it's going to be a result of what happens in Monday Night Football, obviously, but the Panthers are four point underdogs against the Cowboys. That seems hmm. I think Carolina might be are the I don't think the Cowboys are that good. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. They're they're not that good. And I think you're right to, to you know feel like you should be on them tomorrow night as well, because this is a team that they just get that respect from Vegas and people seem to love them and the offense is great. They can throw the football. Uh, but the defense is still just as bad as what it's always been over the past couple of years. And Carolina's defense is good, and that's another team where we need to see, although they played the Saints. And the Saints had, I think, Pat, 125 total yards against them in week two, which was the fewest in the Sean Payton era. Well, so that to me is like, okay, what you, do you, you played some brutal teams? Go ahead. What What do you make of the Saints? Because they lost like half their defense last week. They had no coordinators because they were all out with COVID. Like, was it just, are they, yeah. a, are they actually good defensively? Because like the way that they played week one and the way that they played this week against the Patriots, their defense just smothered the other offense. Like it was incredible. Yeah, so maybe the maybe the COVID thing had a lot to do with that week two game, but I do believe in Carolina's defense. I think it is good. It's another team we need to see another test from them, and I suppose that will be it against Dallas. But heading into this week, they were number one on third down, number one against the run, number one against the pass. They led the league in sacks. They led the league in quarterback hits. They got, I mean, two years ago, all they did was draft defensive players, and they did basically the same thing this past year as well. Like they have a lot of speed and get after the after the quarterback. That will be the true test. But I don't know what to make of the Saints. I didn't have them in as a playoff team. It had nothing to do with Jameis. You know, Michael Thomas missing some time. I didn't know where the weapons would be in this offense. And I and I do think that they have missed missed a couple pieces over the past couple of years. Like on their defense, they've lost a couple of pieces rather. So I'm not completely sold that they're like not that great of a team. I think they're just okay. I think they're a 500 football team. I think Carolina is at least a 500 football team too. Like if I had to pick one or the other, who's having a better season the rest of the way, I do believe even with CMC out, I would pick Carolina. Maybe I'm crazy. Let's see. Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are six point favorites. 
Titans are only seven and a half point favorites at the Jets. It seems, I know it's at the Jets. That still seems pretty low. The Giants are at the Saints, wherever the hell that game is taking place. The Saints are only seven and a half point favorites. Maybe it's just like, hmm. I know they, they would have covered that today, today against New England. If the spread was seven and a half, they would have covered that. And maybe the defense is good enough to do it. I am just not impressed by, like, Jameis has been fine, but they don't really move the ball with any sort of ease. I'm not impressed at all. That's a, that's what I mean. Like the offense doesn't look good. How much better is it going to get when Michael Thomas comes back? They just, they play conservative heading into the week. There were second fewest like air yards. They don't air it out. Like that's not cl- typical for Jameis. Like they're not really playing to his strengths. And it's so easy for the opposing team to take away Marquez Callaway. Like who is beating you? You just, you take away Callaway and then you focus in on Alvin Kamara. That's it. That's there's nothing else that this offense has to offer. People are getting excited about Juwan Johnson got two touchdowns on like eight snaps. And today he only played a couple snaps. Adam Troutman, people are getting excited about Adam Troutman. Like this guy's not existent. I don't see him really. I see he's just out there. He's just there. Like the Fitbit award. He's just running routes and not getting targeted. Like this isn't a, this isn't a good offense. It's just, you hope that Alvin Kamara could be good. And Carolina took him away in week two. And that's what some teams are going to be able to do until Thomas gets back. I don't think we can fully, get a feel of their offense. So it doesn't look good. And I'm with you. I think it's a bottom 10 offense. All right. That'll do it. On the Pat Mayo experience, hope you had a better week three than old Pat Mayo. Maybe San Francisco can win this game and then Philly can win on Monday night. And all will be fine. Meany, where can everyone catch you and check out your work? Yeah, at FTN, uh, Mean Streets, every day, Monday to Friday, we'll talk uh, a lot about what you and I just talked about. But yeah, over at FTN, just, you know, uh, Grinding away, dude. That's it. Uh, grinding away. And you have some waiver wire stuff up there, some stats to know. And we'll look at start and sit on Thursday. We'll have some DFS plays midway through the week. We'll have some prize picks plays. But yeah, at Chris Meany. And we'll be talking football all week at Mean Streets. Hopefully, the next time that we can get together, hopefully within the next month, we can do this in studio yes. together. Well, that's the goal. I, I hope that I can I- be there in a couple weeks. Well, I, I hope it's done is the thing. It needs to be done first before we can actually do it in person. Cause I don't think you can fit in this room. It's a very tiny room I'm in right now. What's the, what's the time frame here? What are we looking at? Uh, week six? I, I don't know. Think the, it's done. The, the guy, the guy who's doing it smokes a lot of weeds. So, uh, oh, week seven then at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's giving me these timelines. I'm like, I don't know, man, you don't seem like you're the most like on the ball, but Hey, he, there's a reason I hired him. He does great work. So, Hopefully the brand new set and the lighting. And we still have to wait for stuff to show up. So it still might be like this for a little while more. I thank you all for sticking with the show and the Pat Mayo experience. Rate us a uh, Apple review while you're out there, too. If you got like five seconds, or just go rate the show, smash the like. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Check out the rankings on DKNation.com. And I will be back on Monday evening with Golf Picks Tuesday with Celia. And if anything changes injury-wise or with the waiver wire, I'll do a quick update up on Mayo Media Network as well. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.